Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here on a Thursday. Let me try and figure out my days here over in the US and Australia. It's already Thursday here as I'm recording. The Bucks West Coast road trip continues in Dallas. The finale, it will be a back-to-back for Milwaukee, but a difficult matchup with Dallas that we're going to get into here in just a little bit. Before I bring in my co-host for today, I will remind you today's episode is brought to you by the Locker Room app. Download the app and join me. Next week, we'll have another live show and you can get involved in the action. We have the chat room going. People can actually jump on the show and have their voice uh, on the show as well and ask us some questions. So it's been a lot of fun. So Locker Room changing the way we talk about sports. Now, it's probably a good catchphrase to go to here because my co-host will know uh, as well as I do, that this is this season has been a very, very strange one to be covering the NBA and far from what we have used to, but replacing our good friend, Matt Velasquez, is Jim Ozarski, who with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel has, I have to imagine, had an interesting introduction to, or an interesting return, I should say, has covered the NBA before to covering the Milwaukee Bucks. But Jimbo, this feels kind of weird because we've heard each other asking all these questions on the zoom calls all season long but we haven't had a chance to hang out as is the nature of 2021 but how are you doing this has been a long time coming yeah thanks for having me uh you're right it has been uh a long time coming i can't believe that the season started you know in in december and here we are on the countdown to the playoffs um it feels like uh just yesterday but it also feels like four months (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you're right, Kate. I, I, uh, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, it is, it has been a wild run, um, especially coming off, you know, covering the NFL and, and the Green Bay Packers for three years, three plus years, and then going uh, right into basketball. It's been, it has been unique. So as I mentioned, this matchup with Dallas uh, tonight, I guess, as most people are listening to this show, is going to be a big one. I think for Milwaukee to escape this road trip with a 4-2 and two record, given uh, some of the obstacles they've had along the way, um, would probably be a good mark for them. And I think any time you have a six-game West Coast road trip with some of the formidable opposition out there, you would take 4-2. and two. But probably a good place to start here today will be with Giannis, who is listed as doubtful for this game. Now, uh, I'm interested to hear your perspective here, Jim, because I, I've probably been someone that over the last few days here on the show have uh, probably thought and, and expected that I, I don't think we're going to see Giannis in back-to-back situations for the rest of the season. I think there is going to be significant management with this knee throughout, and it's going to be a day-by-day proposition. And there may be occasions where he wakes up, he's not feeling good, they're not going to play him. And with this being a back-to-back with Dallas and then Charlotte the day after, I did expect at best-case scenario he was going to miss one of these games, but listed as doubtful. And, you know, we are getting close to the postseason here. I mean, there's no doubt about it. This is going to be something that's going to be a lingering concern. Yeah, I, you know, the fact that he 
sprained this knee, you know, against what we believe was San Antonio, March 20th, missed the game. The first one he's missed a four cane, you know, two days later against Indiana. Um, you're right. Uh, they play a handful of back-to-backs, uh, a handful of two games in three days, and that includes Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, that includes Brooklyn. I mean, it, there's some important games in there in terms of, uh, A, getting the team – uh, sort of gelled and playing at its best as a unit to go into the playoffs. But also, look, I, you know, if you can take a one or two seed, you know, that really sets you up favorably to reach the finals. So those are important games to have your full group together. Um, and, and, yeah, I, now that said, um, I, there's the, the, the amateur orthopedist, <laughs> orthopedist to me uh, <laughs> thinks that, you know, him playing in, in Boston – or against Boston a few weeks ago, Kane probably exacerbated this a little bit. Um, if, if he had just – they had just not played him uh, for a week, you know, or, or eight, nine days, maybe now he's coming back out of it and feeling okay as opposed to what you said, having to manage it going forward. I don't know that's all conjecture, and, and, and I don't think he would have been out there if he didn't feel he could. Um, but you're right. I, it's something to watch. Um, you know, especially if they elect to just really shut them down now, um, you know, whether it be get home. Because, look, Kane, they play, what, home on Charlotte, and then they're hitting the road again yeah. <laughs> for three more games. Um, so it's not like he can sit at, in Milwaukee at the, at the medical center and rehab and kind of do all the things you do in your home environment either. So it's interesting. I mean, I've thought about this a lot. And certainly those games against Boston are ones that, uh, as you just mentioned, the fans bring up a lot. And I think in general, everyone wants to, for good reason, protect Giannis at all costs because everyone understands that the Bucks' title hopes uh, live and die with the health of, of Giannis. I mean, that's the reality. That's the reality for a number of teams across the NBA. There's no doubt about that. But I, I do, whether or not this is just me and maybe I'm giving uh, them too much credit. But in terms of the Bucks medical stuff, I just don't think that if there was any danger of this injury turning into a something more major or there was any risk of him having long t- doing long-term damage, then I don't think they would have played him. Now, you can say that, as you sort of insinuated or suggested, perhaps if he had to miss those two games, then he just gives everything a chance to settle down. I think that's a perfectly logical reasoning. And the reality is, I think if Giannis didn't play those games in the grand scheme of things, it wouldn't have really mattered. So I think that that's definitely something they could have done and perhaps should have done. They probably should have rested him. But watching him in that game against Portland and scoring those 47 points, I also do think, or I, I believe that, even in a game, for instance, yesterday, Giannis probably could have played if he really wanted to, and he probably would have got warm, and it probably would have been fine. That's what the evidence tells us from watching him in that unbelievable performance against Portland. But come playoff time, you aren't going to have the benefit of saying, okay, have a night off here now. Uh, you played a couple of nights ago. Now, you're not going to have back-to-backs, but you're not going to have the benefit of, of, playing, uh, of having a night off. So you are potentially looking at saying, we need you for 25 games over the course of a five, six-week stretch. We want to win the title and we need you ready to go. So I almost think we are at the point now where as much as you point to if you get the, the top two seeds and you have home court through the Eastern Conference Finals, if you get the top seed, potentially you're, you're in the mix to have the, the home court right the way through to the NBA Finals. I also think if you're the Bucks, you have to say, is 
battling for home court in these games against Brooklyn and Philadelphia going to be worth it? Or do we need to just say, listen, okay, whatever rest we can get him now, he needs to get it because we need him for five weeks come the middle of May. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly right. And, and clearly um, having him ready to go for a full boat playoff run um, and, and look to play 35 to 42 minutes. Um, you know, that was the plan this year. That's how this year started. You know, um, I, I think you might've asked Bud about it uh, after the, the season opener in Boston came about like, Oh, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Those guys all played, you know, 39, 40 minutes. And that, and, and, and why were they doing that? It was because of the playoffs. So they could stretch themselves in that way and be conditioned to do so and to be able to finish games um, under that workload. And you're right. Uh, it is about that. And uh, losing to Philly or Brooklyn or, uh, you know, Miami, Dallas, it's Phoenix, you know, all these good teams. Um, if, if he is healthy and able to do those things, that's what's most important. I'd agree with you that there is all pro athletes have the pain management thing, right? Where the docs tell you, you're not going to hurt yourself any more than you normally could have. It's just, what can you manage and deal with? And as you said, he's a tough guy. Clearly if it's going well, he can play well. Um, But uh, you're right. Uh, Why? (laughs) I guess why make that? just the baseline and the thing they have that he has to do. Right. So why not um, just take the time while you have it uh, here in, in mid early, mid April, as opposed to, you know, mid May, late May when, when you maybe don't have that luxury. All right, Jim, we're going to talk about our friends over at headspace now. And I don't know, I think Bucks fans might get some real value out of using headspace if they keep blowing fourth quarter leads, but headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps that are advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. If you need help falling asleep, which is probably me, Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, which is like Frank, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Although I think uh, Frank might need the morning meditations after the bucks more than his daughter, just, just based on what we know about Frank. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, so similar to Locked On Bucks, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. Uh, another situation that you might need under normal circumstances meditation after is trying to buy car parts, but you won't need to do that with rockauto.com, which is the family business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years because they've got everything you need. And it's very, very easy to find on the online catalog, which is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. 
and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for me as they would be for the experts, same for you, it's the same for everyone. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all those parts available right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. It's good timing. We've got Jim here because another Packers reporter, Peter Bukowski, updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I think that it's a, it's a good point you make because when we talk about analyzing players and, and it's funny because people might be listening to this and saying, well, you have two guys that cover the team. Why is it just pure conjecture? And we can get into it a little bit later on, and we are going to in terms of the access and the coverage you have with the team. But the one thing that we know, Giannis, over the course of his career, I mean, I've seen him be in the locker room with his ankle completely blown up in an ice bucket. He's limping to the media, and then you ask him, uh, how is the ankle feeling? And he's like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's no big deal. I'll be fine tomorrow. He is just a guy that he is never going to give you any indication that he is hurt until, as we found out last year, in last year's playoffs, after the postseason, he's happy to say, yeah, my ankle wasn't good. I really wanted to play, but I wasn't able to. But in the moment, he's not going to tell you anything. Bud isn't going to reveal anything. And unfortunately, not having that access to see these guys practice and not having the access to get to these guys close up and ask them multiple questions at a time, it's the nature of covering an NBA team in 2021. Unfortunately, we're sitting here having these speculative conversations about what the issue could be with Giannis. And it does kind of suck. And I understand it's frustrating and it sucks for the fans, but it's just kind of the nature of this. But when we're talking about guys that can play through injuries, Giannis is on another level. And we saw this in the postseason last year. Badly sprained his ankle, went over on that, came back for uh, that game five. Uh, I don't think anyone else would have played. I I simply don't think that. I mean, they would have been too sore. They wouldn't have been able to mentally perhaps get over that hurdle. Not only did he play, but he had 18 points in the first quarter and a half of that game completely destroying Miami and it was unbelievable one of the more miraculous performances I've seen from a guy playing hurt in recent times but then the ankle was compromised and and that is something to think about here if you're talking about playing through pain that's one thing if there is any situation where you are compromising the knee then it's a completely different conversation yeah you're right and that's a good point for the listeners is uh a lot of times you do get the a better grasp of how a guy's feeling um, with that locker room access, with the practice access, what they are, are not doing, um, how they move, how they, and look, I mean, look, guys will, you put them in a formal setting on, on in front of a camera, <laughs> you know, that, that's a different question. I mean, my background, you know, in between covering the bucks was, was in the NFL and really came, you know, in those locker rooms, can imagine what those guys look like after games, what they look <laughs> like the couple of days after games. And unless they were in a walking boot or a cast, you, yeah. you almost just had to wait until whatever they said, even if they didn't practice and there's all, you know, I mean, I understand basketball is a little different um, in, in a lot of ways, but to your point of just the, the, the mentality and Giannis has always been that way. 
you know, and um, every guy is different when it comes to what they're comfortable playing with, what kind of pain is pain and what they view as injured, you know, and that's a different threshold for a lot of athletes. And uh, frankly, it makes them one of the reasons them <laughs> as opposed to one of us. So you're right. Um, so I guess for what we don't know, I think it is, um, it just behooves, I guess, all involved to say, okay, bigger picture. And look, and maybe that's the conversation he's had to have. And, and Mike Bunnell's had, that's been his mantra, right? Kane, every put every loss, every win, good performance, bad, right? What has he said? It's, it's the process. <laughs> it's the outcome. It's looking at the bigger picture. Well, what better way to truly look at the bigger picture than get your body right? Well, we're 50 games in right now, and it's been an interesting process to sort of listen to these guys throughout the season. And as you mentioned, the way Giannis has tried to approach this regular season, and in many respects, the way that Mike Budenholzer has approached this regular season right from day one, uh, wanting to play the starters a little bit more, wanting to experiment more during the regular season. We've seen that. And at times, we've seen mixed results that have come with that. But as far as preparing yourself for the postseason, there's one variable that you can't control, and it's health. And we've seen a lot of talk about the rotation with this team over the last couple of weeks. I know you've been asking Bud about this in, in pregame, in postgame as well. But the problem that the Bucks have and the problem I have looking at this team and trying to draw any real narratives from a game like last night against Golden State, for instance, is that one of the, the big wild cards and one of the, the lineups in particular that we, I think we all are very excited to see if they can get on the court is a small ball lineup when you have P.J. Tucker and Giannis out there on the floor. Now, Tucker is the other guy suffering with a calf injury right now, and the reality is, with a month to go in the regular season here, just a little bit over, Tucker has hardly played basketball since the beginning of February. So the closer we get here, and I mentioned this on yesterday's show, he can't afford to have another setback. I mean, we are really on the clock here. The Bucks need to probably try and get these guys 10 to 15 games, if possible, leading into postseason to find some of that continuity now, Tucker's a veteran. I think that he's a guy that's going to be able to slide right in. But that's why when, when I you know, interact with fans on, after the game yesterday, for instance, and there was a lot of um, frustration, I guess, with the lineup that played down the stretch and there were some concerns about Brook Lopez on the perimeter when you have Steph Curry going nuts, I just don't really see that because it, when we're talking about the excitement again and the expectations that we have for a playoff lineup, if you don't have Giannis available and you don't have PJ Tucker available, I'm sorry, there's only so much you can do. And if the argument you're having is swapping Thanasis with a Pat Connaughton, for instance, I mean, that's not going to be a move that's moving the needle at all in the postseason. It's just not. I mean, it starts at the top with the Bucks with their stars, and they have to be available. That's the variable you can't control. That's exactly right. And, um, you know, the, the Tucker thing, it, it, it feels like he's getting closer to playing. I don't think the team would go out of its way to – show pictures of him doing things and tweet out <laughs> soon, you know, and all that stuff. Um, but, but yeah, it's a cash training. Clearly it was an issue and they wanted to be careful with that. And you're right. That is, I mean, that's the reason they acquired him to, to give them that flexibility, that switching defense um, and, and have him handle, so to speak, Kevin Durant to a degree, or a Ben Simmons, or even Joel Embiid, if Embiid's going to kind of venture out. I mean, that, that's um, – and, yeah, I think it's nice to hear that, you know, he's engaged and he's talking and he's involved and he understands the defense and all that stuff. But, I mean, 
to your point, Kane, it, 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 there is something to be said about actually doing it <laughs> and, yeah. and having that voice not just be on the sideline, but actually behind you. You know, and Brooke Lopez even said, I, I think um, that's usually his job. So who's saying what and when and to whom when Tucker and Lopez are on the court together? And like the wings hearing those guys, like it sounds um, maybe a little uh, unimportant, but when you're talking about a team that hasn't like literally is changing its defense and is incorporating zones and switches and, and all that stuff for the first time under this head coach and this staff, um, I don't think you can underscore that importance. Um, So you're right. And yeah, if, (laughs) if, if they have to run out, the guys who really would be the eighth, ninth, tenth players off the bench, Kane, like <laughs> you're having way bigger issues than the eighth, ninth, tenth players on the bench. There's like they are who they are. And if, if they're playing major minutes in key postseason games, like there's a bigger problem. And um that that's what would be talked about as opposed to the fact that that they're actually in the game. All right, let's talk about betonline.ag now, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but I'm sure you could find some some futures on the Packers if you are a Packers fan. I know, the expectations are always high on reaching the Super Bowl. Go check out the odds there, but you can get the NBA uh, lines and props and odds as the playoff race continues and the NHL and baseball's back. The A's picked up a win today, one and six. Uh, They're on the road to the World Series. There's no doubt about that. Like I said, you can find all the real-time updated odds and props on anything you can imagine. It has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. It's BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Not even, you know, I know sometimes if you say something like that, people can think, well, that's a little bit disrespectful to a guy like Thanasis. It's not at all because we've praised them all season long. And Pat Connett in particular has been a guy that's been in that that's closing lineup. And a big part of that is because he shot the three balls so well. He's at 38%. That's what makes him playable in those situations. Yeah. Thanasis to this point hasn't quite found that consistency with the outside shot. But my goodness, I mean, you look at a game like yesterday's ability to cut to the basket, able to throw down a couple of dunks, his energy defensively. He's been absolutely fantastic. But again, when you're talking about the Bucs winning the title, you're not talking about those guys. Like, that's just the reality. So, uh, and again, the Bucs aren't the only team that are in this situation right now. Uh, I just sat here and watched Brooklyn and they looked absolutely fantastic. But when you're talking about soft tissue injuries, like you are with Tucker, like you are with James Harden, Kevin Durant, you cross your fingers a little bit. And, and Nets fans will be doing that. As great as they look right now, they know that those are the types of things that can, that can hang around. And Harden's had a couple little niggles now this season. So has Kevin Durant. So this year, more than any, it does feel like not only are the playoffs starting to really race up on us here and the 10 games makes a huge difference, but with the games compressed as much as they are, I think over the last 20 games for all of those top teams in the East and the West, uh, they're just 
crossing their fingers and hoping that they can get to the playoffs in one piece because it is, it is a battle right now. No, you're exactly right. And, and clearly Brooklyn has shown that whoever they run out, they are more talented than, you know, most of these teams. Right. Um, but playing the Bucks or the 76ers at full strength at over seven games and one or two of your stars cannot go. And that's the same, as we just said, that's the same with the Bucks. 76ers, um, that creates just a different issue. Um, and you're right, the, the schedule doesn't do any of those teams any favors, which is why I think Brooklyn is being smart. I think the Bucks, if Giannis is going to miss, you know, however many games in April, I think that's smart. Um, and you're right, to keep going. And, and to your point, like Pat Connaughton, it's so interesting because, yeah, he missed the open look um, at the end of the, the, the game against – Golden State, but he made the open look against Memphis, right? And, and yeah, so, um, yeah, and, and that's the the point is somebody has to play. Like if if Giannis is healthy, uh, is Pat still out there in that moment? Because you know Holiday is who he is, and it, uh, maybe maybe not, right? So it, it's just um, you know maybe because then maybe PJ Tucker's in there instead of Brook Lopez. Like it's. It just changes things when you don't have the full roster. And, um, you know, and that's, you're right, that is the end goal <laughs> for Mike Budenholzer to have that roster uh, when it matters most. No, that's a great point you make with Connor, and that shot is probably one that gets forget- forgotten a little bit because obviously Drew Holiday hit the big one a, a few moments later. But you're right. And, and one thing that we always say with clutch shots and Frank Madden, um, my usual co-host, always reminds people is the fact that when it comes down to clutch shooting or when it comes down to game-winning shots, um, you know, more miss than they make. And you try and get a good shot. It's about the process. Last night obviously was a disaster for the Bucs when you think about that last possession there. But at times, they've been able to generate good shots. And I, I think overall, when you look at the Bucks' half-court offense this year, they've definitely taken strides. But again, um, more than anything right now, as I'm watching this team, I still feel more confident that with Drew Holiday in particular, they are a better team and they're more equipped for the postseason. You can argue that the competition is going to be uh, more difficult to get through, certainly if healthy. But I like this team. But now it's about... Okay, get to the playoffs, be healthy, and if you need to rest Giannis until that time, then you're just going to back him in as a, as a back, back, back-to-back MVP to find his form in the postseason there. I was thinking, uh, I sent out a tweet about an hour before we jumped on here, um, just asking uh, some Bucks fans if they had some questions for you. And, and I think that this is, this, is, this is great because, as we mentioned right off the top, an interesting year for you trying to get to know these guys and... and you know, sort of have those relationships and understand how you can ask different guys questions. And that's a real thing that, I mean, I, I've been around the team for a couple of years now, but certainly still as someone that's come from the outside and, and trying to, to get to know um, how to do this job. It, it can be challenging going from sport to sport. So the one question we have here from MacGyver on Twitter is, what's the main differences between covering NFL and NBA? Now, admitting this might not be a fair question this year when you're doing everything uh, <laughs> via Zoom. Yeah, um, well, there are a, a couple of differences. The biggest one in terms of covering uh, these, these leagues and teams in a pandemic is many NFL teams uh, did not have a two-way Zoom available. So mm-hmm. we would ask questions, and the players were just looking at a blank screen. Right. Um, our names and affiliations were, were announced, but that – 
in reality doesn't mean a whole lot to these guys. Um, some guys would know me if they saw me, but don't know my name, <laughs> you know, right. and, um, it, it, and would be more than happy to talk to me off the record. But again, if I, if I were to say, just say the name, they don't know who that is. They just see so much media. Um, and let's be honest. Um, we've all zoomed. We've all had some sort of digital interaction with people when you can't see the other person and they're asking you a hard question, uh, an uncomfortable question, or frankly, even something that requires a little bit of depth and you can't see them and you don't know who you're talking to. Uh, you just, it just doesn't work as well. Um, I, I know players in that locker room from several years before Kane who were tremendous interviews, like my go-to kind of guys. And then in the zoom format were awful, just mm -hmm. awful. Like clearly uncomfortable. Um, Whereas the NBA, it's actually a rule, I want to say, Kane, that they have to, that the coaches and players have to see us. Um, and and I, that is a huge difference. It matters a lot. Uh, they get to see your face. If you travel, like I've been fortunate enough to do, I think they can see that and there's, there's a benefit there. Um, so that's the answer to the question in the Zoom format. Overall, um, the biggest difference clearly is just the sheer size of the locker room. You're talking <laughs> 53 NFL players um, to have to work versus 12 in an NBA. Uh, look, I covered the 15 win bucks team Kane, uh, with Brandon Jennings and Monte Ellis and Larry Sanders. And I'll tell you right now, when you're losing 60 games, uh, they don't want to see you that often. <laughs> like what else are you good? At? Cause nothing is good. A and that can get, uh, you know, frustrating for all parties. Um, in the NFL, yeah, they're, they're mad when it's a bad season, but there's enough people and other ways to cover the game that you can kind of get a, you know, make do. Whereas, look, in basketball, it's a small, <laughs> it's just small. So yeah. I, I'll say that's probably the two biggest differences uh, in the Zoom format and overall was just the sheer volume of NFL guys. Uh, they all tend to play or have a role for the most part, even on special teams that that can affect games where let's be honest again, um, Jordan Nora and Sam Merrill seem like really nice guys, but 99% of the time, there's no reason to really like, like, uh, like spend 20 minutes with them. Yeah. Um, you know, like on the record for instance, and that's what's missed here is you don't, we don't get that chance to just kind of BS and get to know them and maybe do a feature story. Like we don't have that opportunity either. So um, I would say those are <laughs> probably the two biggest differences between NBA and NFL. Yeah. And this is kind of a, a follow-up from that Maverick Johnson asks uh, for both of you, what's the biggest adjustment or difficulty in your job due to the fact that you're not in the locker room and conducting all the interviews via video call. And, and I would say that again, like when I'm, trying to do this and a lot of the times and it's a little bit different for me i do this show um, i'm also in australia and i'm not writing um daily like you and eric are for instance so the, it's a little bit different like what i try and get out of it is a little bit different but the big thing that i find difficult or challenging this season and the fans definitely notice it because you see them a lot of times be frustrated and they might be like why didn't you ask about this and my best answer to that is 
for instance, in a situation yesterday where there's a clearly a very, very strange foul call on Drew Holiday that was called an offensive foul call originally. It was listed as an offensive foul call in the box score. Hours later, it's listed as a five-second back-to-the-basket call. But if I had the opportunity to ask multiple questions, then I would ask Bud about that situation or why didn't you challenge? And he would probably say, well, I wasn't able to challenge. Or I would ask Drew Holiday. So you get more of a chance to ask about specific events that happened in the game. And as you pointed to, if you're in the locker room, I could just walk up to Drew and say, hey, what was that call about? What happened there? And then you get those little, you get those little snippets. You get those little uh, intimate moments from the game that you can ask about. And so I do think that not only us asking the questions, but I think the fans have suffered from the Zoom calls because you just simply don't have as much of an opportunity to ask questions. I mean, that's just the reality. You just don't get as many questions. So you have to be super, super careful about what you ask. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Um, yeah, beyond the personal stuff and the interaction of the guys getting to know you and vice versa, it is that, um, you know, there's clearly a rhythm to the Buck Zoom. You know, we ask a question and a follow-up. Maybe you can sneak a third one in there. Um, but for the most part, you know, it, they run a pretty tight ship, you know, yeah. with it's five to six minutes for the head coach. It's, you know, five to seven minutes for a player and Giannis typically goes 10. Um, and, and, but that's it. And, and you're right. Like we all have, that's the other part Kane is there's all these different duties, right? Like for me at the journal Sentinel, I have to write a game story for every game. So um, I, if, if you or Eric or Zora asks questions first that I can't use then I yeah, need to make sure I get what I need and, and all vice versa. And, and that's the other hard part is in this format, we can't assume that another person is going to ask the question that answers what you, what you had. So, uh, so th- that's why, and, and the follow-ups are hard because you don't have that time. And to your point, um, yeah, those little things where you can get the clarifications or, or the, what did you see or how, all that stuff. Um, whether you even quote them or not, but just getting the, the information is just it, it flat out non-existent. I mean, because that, that's, that is what it is. And uh, um, you're right. I think the fans across all sports, all over the globe have suffered uh, for, from this, you know, setup, quite frankly. Yeah. And I can certainly be accused of um, sticking up for us by uh, taking that line, <laughs> that, that line or approach there. But I, I think it is true. I mean, I think um, I'm hoping that locker rooms in the future, whether it's next season, midway through next season, hopefully um, we get back to some normalcy. And I will say this, I've always said this, I'm sure the players are enjoying the Zoom format in the way that they don't have to do as much as perhaps they would have in the past, particularly not the star players who probably like to just have a shower go home, not have to be bothered by me or you or Eric or whoever it may be in the locker room there. One last one to wrap this up. This came from at Dane is awesome. I, I don't really know. The the Twitter name is esquan.acumbo. So I, I don't know what that means, but I, I think that this person will know who I'm talking about. This is for, for both of us. It says, what is the worst or dumbest question you've heard asked? Which, you know, there could be a challenge you want to answer or what is the best and funniest reaction you've got to a question. I'll, I'll answer first and say that I think over the years, um, Giannis has given me enough funny moments. And again, it's been a challenge this year because 
when you get multiple questions or whatever it may be, you can definitely throw a silly one in there and he always appreciates that. So Giannis for me, just in terms of pure reactions, has always been funny. But Bud also, more than anyone, calls me out if I ask a question using an Australian word, for instance, that I don't know that I'm using, that I just like accidentally say, he'll be sure to point it out and be like, I'm not sure if I would use that word, Kane, but this is how I would ask the question or something like that. So um, it's generally been pretty fun with those guys. As far as the, I don't know if it's worst or dumbest question, but one that always stands out to me uh, that is very funny. There was a Bulls reporter going back a couple of years ago that asked uh, the Bulls coach, uh, I can't remember who was coach at the time, so I don't want to name a name, but Larry Markinen was out injured. And then he was coming back into the starting lineup and the Bulls reporter, this was pregame in Milwaukee, asked the Bucks coach, uh, how do you integrate Larry Markinen into the lineup again without the other players getting butthurt about losing minutes? And literally said it that way, <laughs> used those words. And everyone just stopped. And I think the coach said, is this live on TV? Like, what, what is going on there? And it was a ridiculous question. Um, but anyway, maybe that's the way he normally approaches things. But that one stands out to me. It's just a very, very strange uh, question to ask. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy these questions. I, I wish I, um, I, I could pick up one. Okay, right. funniest reaction. Uh, best funniest reaction. Um, Man, unfortunately, while I feel I am pretty funny and have a good sense of humor uh, in my private life, I don't know how well that translates <laughs> to to getting something from a guy um, or, or or a woman I've interviewed. So I'm pretty lame at that, actually. Um, I, I do, but you're right, though, in terms of just um, Giannis being able to find humor in uh, in anything. Um, or everything I, I think is uh, has been a joy, and this even goes back to when I first covered him when he was drafted. Yeah, you know, um, and, and you know, in terms of the the main question, look, I've probably I definitely asked my fair share. Uh, where I've seen it, I, now, look, I've never really seen Mike Boonholzer without a mask, so <laughs> I can only go by his facial reactions and seeing like the eyebrows kind of scrunch <laughs> up. He's probably wondering like what is this? Um, and I know some fans have, have recognized that too. I, I'm sorry that I'm not answering this question and I don't have something as handy. I guess really in the Zoom format uh, would be the person at the Super Bowl who mistook Todd Bowles for Byron Leftwich and started asking like the offensive coordinator, defensive questions. And, and Byron is just like, you're not like, uh, that's not me. I don't, <laughs> like, who are you speaking to? You know, um, I think those are the ones that stick out where you just, we've all been there, Kane. I think it's to your point where a disconnect happened and someone asked a question of, of either someone who's long been hurt. Um, I haven't heard a question asked about someone who's been traded, <laughs> you know, like, but usually it's like an injury. It's like, wait a minute, that guy isn't here. Um, yeah. So I, I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't have a great specific example for you, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't pronounce that handle either, but maybe uh, I'll, I'll like your tweet and I will get back to you maybe on Twitter and we will, uh, we'll find something good for you. Well, I do, as most people that listen to this show regularly know, I do like to call myself out at times. And there was one that I realized that I did on the show a week or so ago before the Portland game. I had the host of Locked On Blazers on the show. We were running through different guys that had been 
um, you know, dangerous for them offensively. And obviously, they had just traded for Norman Powell. And one of the names that I did mention that had been a good scorer for them was Gary Trent Jr. Now, of course, Gary Trent Jr. was a part of the trade and was actually playing for Toronto at the time. But shout out to Mike that he didn't call me out for it. And I actually just realized two days later, I don't know why, I had a flashback to the fact that I said that and I was a little bit embarrassed about it. But no one called me out for it. So until this moment, I got away with it. And now I've just put myself on blast. So that, that, that's the way we roll here. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I had to make sure, like switching beats to and, and relearning the Bucks roster, like, okay, Robin Lopez is the one that is no longer on the roster. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I had to make sure about that. And, and look, uh, several Teague brothers have played in this league. I have to be, you know, very mindful of, of calling the, the guy by the right name. I, I, have, uh, I, I have done that uh, where I started to say a name that I know isn't right or I've said, uh, you know, called it. Yeah, I, that has happened. And uh, thankfully never in print. <laughs> came. Right, right. but definitely in this format i have done i have done that and that is definitely embarrassing and uh you know usually the guys are pretty good about it you know um <laughs> but it that's uh, I, I i can feel your pain on that one well i think we can leave it on that fantastic notes and the bucks and the mavericks are playing uh, tomorrow night or tonight, again, as you're listening to this tip-off, I'm looking at the email here. It's telling me it's 8 p.m., but I can't keep up with all these different game times. Why is the game at tipping off at 8 p.m. Central Time? I don't know. I, I don't know what's happening here. But either way, you'll be able to watch it with your local broadcast there. That's what I can see with Jim, Marcus, and Zora. You'll be able to catch up with Jim's work in the Journal Sentinel. And it's worth pointing out that Dal- Dallas Mavericks might be out for a little bit of a revenge because they've just lost to the Houston Rockets. And yes, they did have Kristaps Porzingis in the lineup and also Luka Doncic. So uh, let's just say they might be a little fired up for this matchup against the Bucs uh, tonight. But Jim, uh, this was a long time coming. And what, what have you got to plug? The Journal Sentinel, obviously, everyone should subscribe. You're still doing the podcast with our friend JR? Yeah, we are. We, we uh, with, with Matt Velasquez, um, often and doing great things with his family. We re- rebranded it. It's it's more Bucks uh, centric, I guess. It's a throwback to the old days, but also, you know, maybe a little bit of Giannis. We call it the Point Forward Podcast. We've got a new logo. It's with our friend Jared Radcliffe. Uh, you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, I, I will say this: uh, be sure to check it out. And, and look, uh, it is 20 years, Kane, since the Bucks made the Easter Conference Final run to uh, to play Philadelphia in the 76ers and the controversial end to game six and game seven. Um, so George Carl, Scott Williams, we're going to catch up with those guys. Uh, and this is the 50th uh, season, 50th year since the Bucks loan championship. That came on April 30th. So be sure to, to head over to jsonline.com. It's only a dollar. Trust me, you, it's worth it. You're going to want to kind of catch up and hear and read all of that kind of stuff coming up, uh, as well as that'll carry you through this current season and whatever may happen with this team. Well, it's not lost on me. You talk about that anniversary. It's not lost on me. We could get a Bucks and Sixers conference finals again this year, which would be a hell of a lot of fun. But like I said, Bucks and Mavericks tonight. We'll be back as always post-game with the show here. Uh, make sure, like we said, check out Jim's work. And Jim, uh, what a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time here uh, out of your night to come hang out with me. Hey, anytime. Looking forward to the next one. <laughs>